Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. You see that I am struggling to get the words out because I don't know what to tell him. Jaguars are like, Trevor Lawrence, come on down. That's the part of the game that Earl didn't teach him. He taught him everything on the golf course. He didn't tell him anything about the 19th tee. He was about to get the smoke, man. You got courses like that with alligators, man. We ain't doing that. Why didn't we see this coming? I mean, this should have been obvious. But it's one thing to be in a room. It's another thing to be making the deals. This text is about to get rolled, man. I am a Hall of Fame baseball dude. Or did the wine not mix with the blue pill when he should have took the red pill? Or did he take the red pill and the blue pill and the purple pill and the wine? If you're drunk, you make bad decisions, right? Inherently. We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two... And once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Mama, there goes that man. You Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad that you have joined us for episode 199. Almost 200 episodes, and boy, I'm excited about it, and I am glad that you are here. And if this is your first time here, we certainly welcome you aboard, and we invite you to go to the WadesWordProductions.com website. That's WadesWordProductions.com, and peruse the site, and subscribe to the email list. Go back and listen to all 200 offerings that we, oh, all 199 offerings we have served up uh, since we have gotten started. It's evolved. It's gotten more intense. It's gotten more inclusive. It's we, We've changed. We've evolved, and I hope you guys get a chance to check that out. In addition to that, on social media, check me out at Wade. Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D, on Twitter, and of course on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page. That is always a fun place to go and be a part of. And of course, there's a fan page too, but the group is much more interactive, so we invite you to do that. And most importantly, we have the Sports Line, and that's 24 hours a day. You can call with your questions, opinions, your takes, your takes on our takes, Your uh, if you want us to talk about something that we don't talk about or you have a unique angle on a sports topic, then call us, 832-941-6614. Leave a message, and we may include you in the very next podcast. So we'll be doing that next episode. Episode 200, we are going to be doing the uh, We the People segment, and that's when we take your phone call. So anytime you want to call, 24 hours a day, 832-941-6614. Well, this time out, we have some fun stuff for you. We have some headlines for you. We have a D-Nice segment. Well, I'll tell you not only who was nice, but who was D-Nice. And for those teams who didn't do so well over the weekend, it's still called the Blues. And then we have our guy, King T, Terrence Harris. He's in the building. And we will talk to him about the Rockets, about the Texans, about DeAndre Hopkins. And uh, we'll have a fun conversation with him. And then we have... 
Ulamon Award for the big dummy of the episode. And joining me for that will be Biscuit. So Biscuit is back at least uh, for that small segment. So we hope that you stay tuned for that. So And also, you know what? When you call that sports line, if you have a suggestion for Lamont Award, uh, we are always open to those suggestions. So that's all that's coming up and a lot more. Our resident DJ, our sponsor, before I let go, whatever else. We may get on the soapbox. We may not. Who knows? But I do know that it's time for Headlines. In Headlines, I have the sniff. My allergies are really acting up today, and I'm, you know, you don't want to go around anybody because people might think, oh, you have COVID. And, and I'm even asking myself, wait a minute, why are my allergies acting up? I did. I went online to look at the allergy report. I've been sneezing a lot today, and my eyes are itchy. I don't think it's COVID, but I'll keep you guys posted. But yeah, I've been sneezing all day, so if I sound a little nasally, that's what uh, that's what's going on with me. But in uh, sports headlines, we're hours away from the NBA draft, but all of the news is about the implosion of the Houston Rockets. As initially we heard, Russell Westbrook wanted out, and I thought that that sounded a little bit weird in the timing. Come to find out, James Harden wants out too, and he probably wanted out. First, he turned down a two-year, $103 million extension, making him the first NBA guy to make $50 million a year. He turned that down because he wants to go to Brooklyn. Now, I don't know how any of that is going to go because I don't think that they are trying to make that happen or are the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, their offer isn't what the Rockets want right now. But we'll have to see. Right now, the Rockets say, hey, we're willing to go into training camp five weeks from now uncomfortable. And I say to you, you guys, this is what I say to you guys. Everybody's in a hurry. Kevin Allen, everybody's in a hurry to get rid of James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Trade them. Trade them. We won't win the championship. But are you guys ready for some really mediocre basketball? Are you guys really ready to be irrelevant? Are you guys really trying to watch guys grow into stars and get rid of current stars. I mean, if that's the decision, that's the decision. And I'm not mad at you either way. But I can tell you this. There may be some bad basketball around these parts if uh, you get rid of those guys because it takes time to develop talent. So let's see. Let's see how good uh, Raphael Stone is, the general manager of uh, the Houston Rockets. Let's see how good he is in making this happen or if he can talk these guys into buying back in. I don't know. We're on the verge of uh, basketball sort of dormancy here. If those guys leave, we'll be the Memphis Grizzlies. We'll be the Orlando Magic. We'll be a team that is, yeah, building. and it take, I mean, if that's what the fans want in, in – you can have good basketball, but not championship basketball, or you can have building. Now, maybe that's a half, maybe that's an indictment of me. Maybe that's a half empty way of looking at things. Instead of saying, wow, we have the potential to build into a championship team. But right now, looking at the landscape of the NBA, yeah, that is going to be a tough one. So, well, we will have to see. I would not trade either one of them unless I got really what I wanted. But I am just shocked. That in a state with no state income tax, that you would turn down fifty over fifty million dollars a year. That's that's a lot of bread. And I know they say, well, he'll make eighty six 
as opposed to a hundred man, I don't care. I want all of mine. I'm like Carmelo. I want all of mine. Unless I'm just really, really miserable. And you can't say that about James Harden. When this is your franchise, they've given it all to you. It's you. It's your world. So that's going on. I mean, so many other things are going on. In football, Drew Brees is banged up. The Texans continue to lose. My boy, the MVP, Russell Wilson, is struggling. So, I mean, there are a lot of things going on. And COVID, again, we'll have to see. Each week we have to do COVID watch to see what teams will be affected. It looks like right now that the Cleveland Browns will be affected again. We'll, we'll have to see. Uh, also, everybody's talking about DeAndre Hopkins and the big uh, reception that he made. What a win by Arizona. What a play by him. What exposure for his brand. I mean, this dude, everybody he's the toast of the town. And every time that happens, Bill O'Brien digs a deeper and deeper and deeper football tomb. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, his future is dimmer and dimmer with each passing touchdown reception DeAndre Hopkins has. But that's a, a big-time catch, and we'll talk about that with Terrence Harris a little bit later on. Chris Paul has been traded in the NBA. That is, I mean, there are a lot of movement and moving parts. Well, I mean, we'll have to see what happens with LaMelo Ball. That's the biggest name. The Wiseman kid out of Memphis. I'm interested to see what Golden State does with the number two pick. I'm interested to see what happens at the top pick. And, uh, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll have to see all of that and more. So, in baseball, Theo Epstein steps down as general manager of the Chicago Cubs. He is a guy that is the magic man. Think about this. He took Boston and the Chicago Cubs to World Series titles. I mean, almost like 150 years in between combined between championships. He was the guy that guided them there. He did work in a major way, and he steps down and gets away from the game. And that's just a big-time, big-time thing. Dustin Johnson won the Masters on Sunday. Tiger shot a 10 on, what, number 13? And then he came back and shot... He shot birdies on five of the last six holes, but it wasn't good enough. Dustin Johnson just, he smoked everybody. There was no suspense, no drama. The dude is a bad, bad man. Shot a 20 under, and he was definitely D-nice. Speaking of that, we let's talk about the guys and teams that were not only good, not only special, not only nice, but here are the teams who were D-Nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. When you're talking about teams that are D-Nice, you have to start with Phillip Rivers and the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts go on the road to Tennessee, beat the Titans, and keep their hopes alive for winning the AFC South. They are D-Nice. The Miami Dolphins had a 29-21 victory over the Los Angeles Chargers. They go to 6-3 on the season, a five-game winning streak for Brian Flores, and a three-game winning streak for rookie starting quarterback Tua Tungavailoa. They are D-Nice. The Pittsburgh Steelers remain the only undefeated
undefeated team in the NFL, 9-0 on the season after a big-time win versus Cincinnati. They just do what needs to be done, and Mike Tomlin, hey, you may be coach of the year. You are D-nice. The New England Patriots come up with a huge win at home versus the Baltimore Ravens in a mini-monsoon in Foxborough. The Patriots have a two-game winning streak headed to Houston to take on the Texans. They are D-nice. Let's go to the desert now as the Arizona Cardinals move to 6-3 with a hell Hopkins touchdown pass with two seconds remaining in the game. This after giving up a touchdown to Stephon Diggs and the Buffalo Bills with just 36 seconds left to play in the game. They are tied for the division lead in the NFC West and they are D-nice. When talking about players that are D-nice, let's switch sports and talk about golf for a second. The number one golfer in the world is Dustin Johnson. And what did he do over the weekend? He won the Masters, played for the first time ever in November due to COVID. He shot a record-setting 20 under to dominate the tournament. He's D-nice. Ronald Jones, the second in a 46-23 victory over the Carolina Panthers, got his Tampa Bay Buccaneers rolling on 23 carries for 192 yards and one touchdown. He set up things for another guy that was D-nice, Tom Brady. Brady was 28 of 39 for 341 yards and three touchdowns. This was a week after having three interceptions versus the New Orleans Saints. Now, you know Big Ben Roethlisberger is D-nice. He had a big win over Cincinnati, 36-10. In that win, he was 27 of 46, 333 yards and four touchdowns. This is coming off a week in which he did not practice at all. He's D-nice. And finally, DeAndre Hopkins and what I'm calling the Hail Hopkins. He had seven receptions on the day, 127 yards, and that one touchdown that came with two seconds remaining on that 43-yard jump ball against three defenders. The play of the year is good enough to make me say he is D-nice. To have your comments heard, call 832-941-6614. A couple things about the NFL. When you talk about Big Ben, he was out. He didn't practice last week because he was on the COVID reserve list. So he didn't have it. He just had exposure to it. And through the NFL guidelines, he didn't even practice. But now you need to start talking about him as the MVP. Because my guy, and we'll hear about him in just a moment, Russell Wilson, uh, struggling. Seven turnovers in the last two games. So that's that's tough. Um, also, Mike Tomlin vying for coach of the year. Look, there are a lot of teams at 6-3, and three, but the Pittsburgh Steelers are 9-0 and oh on the season. They're undefeated. And, yeah, they haven't had a murderous row as it pertains to their schedule. But it's okay. You win who they put in front of you, and you're building up uh, maybe an opportunity to have a week off. It bodes well for Pittsburgh. I don't think that they – I still think Kansas City is better, and I think uh, the playoffs are going to be tough. Now, we've seen uh, Lamar Jackson and that team struggle. Some of that I don't blame. The, the New England game and the Cleveland game, weather really was a factor. There was a monsoon in Foxborough, like I said. I mean, it was really, really bad, especially at the end of the game when Lamar Jackson and company had the ball. But they had to fix some things out offensively. In Cleveland, the Texans missed a field goal. Winds were really, really bad. There was rain early in that game, but it wasn't an issue. I think the winds more than anything, and uh, that affected the downfield passing game. But nonetheless, uh, yeah, you're starting to see that this time of year. Also, one I did not mention this in baseball. Miami Marlins have named Kim Ng the first Asian-American 
female general manager. And that's really exciting, and that's really fun to see. And so we'll have a reason to root for the Miami Marlins because I think they took out that amusement park they had in the center field that was just grotesque and very, very tacky and very, very Miami. <laughs> so, yeah. So, but Kim Ng, remember her name. She's doing it big. Uh, a, a number of other things that I could get into, but I won't. Instead, I'll take a time out right now to hear a word from our sponsor, Cobank Homes, and our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy, on the other side, still called the Blues. And we'll hear from Terrence Harris, King T, and Biscuit will join me for the Lamont Award. This is episode 199 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast, anywhere you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. In my black jeans, look at me creep. Thick bitch in a blue body suit that look like mistake. Your techniques kinda unique. It's easy to sleep, and it's easy to get me hard cause your rivers is deep. How you doing? Monumental. Welcome back to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy on the mix. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. We need to show him some love. That's the dude. Catch him on SoundCloud and on Instagram. He has events around the city of Houston. Even now, they're safe. I'm not going, but they're safe. <laughs> I did go support him on one of his things that he was doing. But if you have music, if you are a DJ, or if you're an artist, or if you know, uh, if your nephew plays guitar, whatever, if you have music you want heard on the podcast, just hit us up. Music at wageswordproductions.com. Music at wageswordproductions.com. The genre does not matter. What's important is that we want it to be radio edit. Whatever the music is, we'll play a snippet at the halfway point and a whole song on an extended portion of a mix at the end of the program. With that, I wasn't going to do this, but I, I just feel compelled, because probably because I don't feel good. I'm with my sniffles and my allergies. I didn't see what it is. The allergies kept me up or woke me up, and that was the issue. I had issues because of the allergies, and I didn't get enough sleep, so I'm grouchy. So that will give me reason enough to climb aboard my soapbox. When we are together, we got power. And now it's time to get on the soapbox. 
So I wasn't going to get into this. And again, the views and opinions expressed by Devin Wade reflect only Devin Wade, not Terrence, not Biscuit, not DJ Anarchy, not Cobank Holmes. This is just me. We are still walking around here allowing people to pretend like there was something wrong with the election. And I guess there's nothing we really can do about it. But my question is, for all of these people who just believe, they just so hell-bent on the idea that Trump lost. Okay, so now what are you going to do? Uh, are you are you seceding? Well, where are you going with this? Where are you taking your frustration and your anger? I mean, are, we, are you sewing your uniform? I mean, and the leadership here, I'm telling you, man, you realize I'm telling you democracy is fragile. People think it can't happen. Just like global warming, and then we wouldn't have five or six hurricanes in one year hit one specific little area in the United States. What, five or six hurricanes hit Louisiana this year? But I'm saying, you know, we, we don't realize things until they happen. Please, let's put this to rest so we can move forward because so many people are getting sick. I hope you guys are masking up and taking care of yourself. But I'm just like, what? Why? How? Are, like, cause, and I do not doubt the sincerity of the people on the street when they say they believe that the election was rigged. I just don't understand the bubble. Like, what is that bubble? Help me understand that. I don't get it. It's one thing to say you, you, you will never call Biden your president. A lot of us just got through going through, uh, still going through that until January the 20th. It's one thing to say that. But to say democracy, oh no, every, like everybody cheated, everybody, <laughs> like 72, 73 million people. Were, really? Let's come out of your bubble and read some facts, please. <laughs> it's terrible. It, it, this is terrible. This is, this is a time we will be talking about. They will be talking about for generations. This is embarrassing, and this is our world. This is our country we're allowing this to happen in. We got to stop, man. Anyway, I'm just frustrated because maybe, like I said, I don't feel good. But really, like, I try to I'm, you know, try to ignore it, but we do have a pandemic that are, that's killing hundreds of thousands of people in this country alone. It, over a million cases in Texas. Not deaths, but cases. In Texas. Chicago's going crazy. I have relatives there. So it's a wild time. We need a smooth transition so we can get this vaccine. And, I, you know, I'm we're going to see how soon I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. <laughs> I won't be the first. But I don't know when. But I'll take it. Well, let me hold off on that one. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But right now, I kind of sort of uh, – breezed over the fact that drew Brees was severely hurt five fractured ribs and a punctured lung so i kind of glazed over that i didn't i didn't go into that in depth uh, and that's going to be an issue for the entire season for the new orleans saints it's going to be a really really big issue and we will have to see what happens with that Jameis winston will be the guy you can play in, in eddie robinson and probably a bunch of them want him to be Taysom hill won't be Taysom hill it is going to be Jameis Winston. And I hope that this guy uh, has grown under his tutelage uh, by Sean Payton because I want to see him 
and be successful. I like Jameis. Jameis does some crazy stuff on and off the field, but I like Jameis. Just, just poor, poor, poor judgment for a grown man <laughs> on the field and off. I, I say that, but that's it's been a while. It's been a while since I he, he's had any shenanigans. I, I think, I, and I, but I'm rooting for him. Let's see what the Saints do uh, while Drew Brees. Drew Brees should be back, but it may could be his last game ever. For the New Orleans Saints, we'll have to see. That's big, big news. With that, it's time to transition to a segment where we talk about those who were not successful on Sunday, and they aren't happy. In fact, they still have the blues. Cue the music, Johnny Taylor. When you're talking about teams that have the blues, you have to start with the Buffalo Bills. You go on the road, you score with 36 seconds left in the game to take the lead, only to lose to Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins on a last-second play. They still have the blues. The Philadelphia Eagles, man, look, who wants to win the NFC East? The answer is nobody. The Philadelphia Eagles with Carson Wentz, who is under immense pressure, lose to the New York Giants 27-17. They still have the Blues. It may have been a monsoon outside, but internally the Baltimore Ravens have to have a little bit of rain on the inside because that organization, that team is not playing well right now. After losing to New England, they still have the Blues. Three weeks ago, it looked like you had the MVP and one of the hottest offenses in all of football. You had a star receiver. You had an offense that was clicking on all cylinders. Three weeks later, the Seattle Seahawks are stumbling and bumbling. They lose, and they fall to 6-3 on the season after losing to the Rams. They still have the Blues. What happens when your house is not a home? Ask the Houston Rockets, because right now, the Houston Rockets, everybody wants to get out of there. You have a brand-new GM, a brand-new coach, but your two stars want to get out of there and leave you with virtually nothing in the cupboard. The Houston Rockets still have the Blues. We're talking about players or individuals who have the Blues. You have to start with Teddy Bridgewater, 18 of 24, 136 yards from the starting quarterback. He had two touchdowns with one interception, and they got blown out by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He still has the Blues. Drew Locke, 27 of 47, 257 yards, and four interceptions, though he did have one touchdown versus the Raiders in a loss. He still has the Blues. Nick Foles, man, he got injured and insulted. He was 15 of 26 for 106 yards and an interception. He still has the blues. And my guy, everybody's MVP or everybody's former MVP right now. Russell Wilson, I said it, 10 turnovers in the last three weeks, seven in the last two games. Sunday, he was 22 of 37, 248 yards, but two more interceptions and a fumble. He still has the blues. And finally, Bill O'Brien with every catch that DeAndre Hopkins makes, especially touchdown passes, Bill O'Brien's resume is thrown in the trash. He definitely still has the blues. Hey, any way you look at it, it's still called the blues. For more content, go to wadeswordproductions.com. If you have a suggestion for who has the blues or if you have the blues about your team, hit us up, 832-941-6614. We would love to hear from you, 832-941-6614. Now it's time for our visit from one of our special teams unit members. This guy is a is a veteran sports writer. He's written for the Houston Chronicle and papers all over the country. He's worked in different markets. He's covered different teams, different sports. He's done a whole 
lot in the world of sports. And right now he writes for the Houston Defender. Here's our guy, King T, Terrence Harris. King T is back again for the new topic. King T back in the building. Had to get you on, Terrence, because, man, a lot of rumors, a lot of activity. The NBA draft is tonight. It's all about the Houston Rockets. And, boy, since the last time we talked, the whole thing is just sort of imploded. What are your general thoughts about the state of the Houston Rockets right now? Well, I mean, obviously it seems like it's a mess. I mean, you know, and definitely, you know, it seems like there's a lot of moving parts. But I'm still at a contention that um, when this is all said and done, James Harden and Russell Westbrook will still be Houston Rockets, you know, at least for the, you know, for the for the time being. Who knows? I mean, because the Rockets have the luxury of having these guys under multi-year contracts. And so they control the players' destinies more so than the players controlling their own or being able to call their own shots. So I don't see a deal being imminent with the Brooklyn Nets because – they don't have the trade assets, so they're not willing to give up the trade assets that the Rockets are looking for in return for, you know, letting a guy like James Harden go with multiple years still left on this contract. So let me set the stage for those who don't know some of the things that have gone on that we think have gone on. The, the reports are that James Harden turned down a two-year extension for $103 million. He would have earned $50 million plus a year. So that happened. But uh, subsequently, the reports are he wants to go to Brooklyn. Then we also heard Westbrook wants out. Now we're hearing rumors about Westbrook for John Wall, which let's let's go with that one first. Westbrook to Washington for John Wall. What are your thoughts? Because to me, nope. yeah, I'm nope. like, no way in hell nope. do nope. I make and, 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 and once again, and this is where you got to really appreciate the Rockets. I mean, because a lot of teams might have caved for this kind of craziness, but it doesn't sound like they're about to cave for it, man. They know John Wall, first of all, is coming off of a very serious injury. You don't even know what you're getting in return for him. And he's I been mean, out for the one. better part of two years. He's been out, and then the, the Achilles. Yeah, 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 he may not ever be the same. Yeah, I mean, so no, you're not doing, I'm not, nobody, nobody in their right minds is doing that deal. So, no, that ain't happening. And that's what they're letting you know. No, it's not happening. I mean, and see, that's the thing. The Rockets don't have to make a move. Yeah, and, you know? and I appreciate really what they've said. They said, hey, we're willing to be uncomfortable for a little bit. And, you know, we're not afraid to be uncomfortable going into training camp in about five weeks. So, I mean, I think that's a brave move for first-time GM and uh, Raphael Stone. I've heard it pronounced Raphael and Raphael. I'll say Raphael Stone. So, for him to, to have that stance is a really brave stance. And, you know, you putting your coach – I mean, hey, he, Silas is going to have to deal with it however he deals with it because it's just – it's not going to be what he thought it was. doesn't look like. Yeah, no, it's it's not. But, I mean, these guys are pros too, man. I mean, I don't think anybody is going to um, see any difference or notice any difference between those two guys when they step on the court. I mean, I think that both uh, Westbrook and, and Harden are pros. I mean, they're professionals. And, that's a, and there's a reason why you haven't seen them tweeting anything or anything like that because they have smart agents behind them who are telling them, like, look, we can do this thing behind the scenes, but you don't need to be out there. You don't need to be out front because this could not happen. And so now this way, you know, you got deniability uh, on on your side. I mean, you could just say these are rumors and turn around and play basketball if you end up still in Houston. So I think they're smart. I mean, you know, there's a reason why you haven't heard anything from those two players at this point is because, I mean, I think that everybody understands the business of basketball. And, you know, and what the Rockets are saying is, look, let's get, I mean, these two guys are draws. 
they are the reason that that that, that arena is going to fill up or is going to fill up as much as it can. They're the reason that the advertisers are going to show up and, and market and buy ads to go on billboards and stuff around around that arena is because of those two guys. It's not the Rockets' name. It's the players and the ability to be successful and to draw fans in that makes the Rockets who they are and it makes it makes them a valuable team to everybody. And so, you know, this this owner, he's not that foolish. I mean, this ain't Bill O'Brien being willing to give away great talent for nothing. Ain't happening. You don't foresee a situation where they will do something similar to what Anthony Davis did and kind of just, you know, sort of the silliness, the immaturity, wearing the T-shirt, that's all, folks, and not coming to the stadium. You're not really you're not really injured, but you won't come to the arena. You you don't want to play. You won't play. It, 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 he just really handled that really and not the best way, in my opinion. You don't foresee that happening with uh, I, these I, two. I think the mid- the major difference between this situation and, and the AD situation is AD was was coming into a year that would have been his last year under contract. He he could have opted out this summer as he's done with the Lakers now. I mean, you know. But uh, I'm saying so, just the way he handled it. What do you think of the way yeah, he I mean, handled I mean, it? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know because I don't know really what was going on behind the scenes there. I mean, but I, I can tell you from experience of covering that franchise and covering him while he was there, I don't think that they did a great job of surrounding him with talent. Uh, and they put a whole lot on him. And, I mean, and there was a reason why that guy stayed injured. I mean, there because everything was always on his shoulders. I mean, he really didn't have a whole lot of help. So I think there was some, some things going on there. But I, I believe Rich Paul and them probably advised him, you know, incorrectly because they had an agenda. I mean, you know, like the thing when you go to clutch sports, people have to really understand is that you're not going to clutch sports because – don't don't ever expect them to do everything that's totally in your best interest. They're doing things that are in LeBron's best interest too. It was in LeBron's best interest that uh, AD showed up in LA because at the end of the day, I mean, let's call it what it is. I mean, you know, clutch sports. You know, Rich Paul's face may be on it, but that's all about LeBron. LeBron yeah. Le- LeBron has changed the game, man. He's he's the first player agent that I think has ever there's ever been. Yeah, and you have to do man, nothing about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. He set it up just right and like I said, he's he's the 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 ghost writer of this script uh you yeah. know for the shell and, company. Yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah. and and like I said, and and it can only happen when you have an extreme amount of trust in the guys that you're working with and of course, he brought those guys with him from from Akron. Yep. So, you know, I mean, he's he's done it in a way that no one else can do it. But let's yeah. get back to the Rockets. Now you're hearing maybe uh, Harden for Kyrie. Kyrie, is that something? Now, wouldn't that be ironic for Kyrie to do this? You know, these guys get together and make this team, and they never hit the court together. Durant and Kyrie Irving, and yeah. <laughs> wouldn't that be funny? Dude, I, that would that would be crazy, but I don't think that that would happen either. I mean, I think that you know, Brooklyn understands. I mean, I think they have a a certain commitment to 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 Kyrie and AD to to put their thing together, and I don't think that AD and and, and Harden together alone would. Would, would really do it. I mean, you know, in terms of put, elevating them to where they want to be. Kyrie and, and, and Harden, to me, are somewhat, you know, half a dozen in one hand, six in the other in a lot of ways because Kyrie's going to give you some things, some unselfishness and things like that that, you know, you, you don't get with Harden and, you know, you, you get, you're getting better than, than ISO ball, you know, and, and I mean, and don't get me wrong. I mean, hey, uh, Harden is is a fantastic scorer. I mean, he really is. I mean, you know, prolific, maybe the best that we've ever really seen. But 
as we've as we've come to realize, that alone won't win you games. And him alone with KD won't win you games. I mean, so and I mean, and for KD, this would be like playing with what Russell Westbrook all over again in my mind. I mean, so do you really want to do that? You came up short doing it the last time. So I don't know. I think that what they're going to do, I, I, I think my guess is nothing's going to happen with Brooklyn. I don't think that Brooklyn's a workable situation. Also, people have to really understand these contracts that these two guys have. I mean, they don't have easy contracts that just work into your into your situation. I mean, you have you have, to have an owner who's willing to, to exceed the, the salary cap and everything else. And you also have to, you know, people have to understand. You may even need trade partners and everything else to come into the play because the NBA does not allow you to just trade a player, you know, and, and send him somewhere. No, you gotta you gotta take back some Yeah, comparable yeah, contracts. Gotta, yeah. Yeah, so so are you gonna take a bunch of garbage contracts, you know, to to equal him because the the Nets certainly aren't really trying to send either Durant or, or Kyrie, I don't believe. Yeah, I, to, I mean, to Houston for there's him. a package I think you could put together that I would be all right with it. Caveras Levert, Jared Allen, um, and then Witty and some first round picks, maybe. Yeah, that'll get it done for me. But I don't know, you know, like I said, we'll we'll have Man, to see. But that won't get it done that won't get it done for these fans who are paying who are paying major money to sit in those seats every night, not to watch them guys. Yeah, that's yeah. not what you're paying for. I mean, that, I mean, you know, the NBA tickets are expensive, man. You can't send you can't send some guys that are some some nice players in here and think that that's going to be okay. No, you want you know Houston wants star players. I mean, and, and and I think that you know that arena. I mean, you know, Toyota Center in order to fill it and and put butts in those seats, you got to bring star players of, of the same kind of caliber. And those guys aren't just sitting around right now. It's going to be a tough situation now that you hear rumors that Boston is trying to maybe move Kimball Walker and Gordon Haywood. If he's trying to get him to not opt out, maybe do a sign-and-trade sort of deal uh, so, so they can make uh, make room to try to make a run at Harden. But let me, let me go back here because we've seen a couple of times in NBA history that I can remember where it looked like a player was on his way out. But they mended fences with the organization and went on to have success. And I'm talking about there was a time when Akeem Olajuwon was warning out. And they somehow worked it out and they went on to win two championships. Same thing with Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant was on yeah. his way out and they were like, nah, we're not doing this. Let's see if we can mend fences. And they went on to win championships or a, a championship. So can the Rockets heal this relationship with James Harden? Yeah, I mean, I think they can. I mean, and, and the thing is, is what they have to do, I think, is really go out and 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 I, I think what these guys really don't want to hear is we, you know, we want to continue to try to play along the same lines of what we did under D'Antoni. I think these two guys understand that that don't work, man. I mean, playing the small ball thing, I don't think really works. So you you have to have the versatility to be able to to make some moves. And I think that that's why, like, you know, you see a head-scratching move like them trading Robert Covington for Trevor Ariza. That just makes no sense. Trevor, I mean, you know, 
nice guy, but he, I mean, Trevor's a much older gentleman at this point, and, and Robert Covington is, is is one of the best defenders out there. What did that do defenders. for them cap wise? Uh, did they free up? I mean, significantly did is I, and I didn't look at the details of Ariza's contract. Is it expiring after next year? Or what, is I, it my, my guess is, yeah, my guess is he probably has. You know, like a, a player of of, of uh, at his stage of his career, he ain't gotten a long term deal. I mean, so he probably has an expiring contract. Uh, you know that they they only have to deal with for a year, which is which is valuable to other teams too in trade in trade moves. I mean because that's that's seen as an asset, and chances are Trevor is not making a whole bunch of money either. Yeah, I have you know, to look uh, that up and see. Yeah, yeah, I mean I don't think he I don't think he's making a whole bunch of money. So you know you got but you got to clear money to be able to get them some players because I mean you got to go get I think. You got to go look for a really good three, you know. Uh, you got to, you know, or four, you know. You, you got to go get some versatile players, and I mean, you know, and Raphael and, and and both Steph and Silas have talked about not being as married to just only playing small ball. They want to be able to be versatile or be able to do that when they want to, but to also be able to play big when they need to as well. And so, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they can do. I don't really understand this offseason and how the window to, to, to get free agents in is really small if you're trying to start the season around uh, December 24th. 20th or so. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. a couple things that, that I've heard from the national media. Uh, I know that now Robin Lopez is, is back on the market. He opted out. I mean, just for a body, if you're talking about a big man. And the other thing is that Harden may want to be with Dan Tony in Brooklyn because, of course, you know, he's the, the, the lead assistant behind Steve Nash and that has fueled some other speculation. Of course, Daryl Morey and his relationship with Harden, they wouldn't mind getting him as well. So, you know, there are a lot of rumors out there. You just don't know uh, what to really believe. Or, you know, I'm sure that there's some truth to some of these things and to other things It's just pure speculation. It's just – it's crazy. What do you think about the NBA draft tonight? Who do you – do you have a a, – I mean, how much do you know the guys that will be drafted? Because I only know like three or four. Honestly, I mean, you know, I, I haven't really paid a whole lot of attention, unfortunately, because so much other stuff has been going on. Yeah, so you know, yeah. uh, but I mean, but I, I mean, you but, I, mean, but I think I mean, but the but the ball kid, I mean, it sounds like the ball kid is is the lock. I mean, you know, to to be uh, the number one overall, you know. Pick. Well, well, I'm hearing today is the kid out of Georgia, the Edwards kid. That's oh, switch. Yeah, yeah, and they they're looking at Lamelo probably going number three because you know Golden State is at two. They don't need a Lamelo ball, so we'll have to see if they stay in that spot. But I think there'll be a lot of trades tonight. So do you let me, do you get a sense that something major is going to happen today as it pertains to the Rockets or a major deals in the NBA today? I don't see it. I don't see it. I mean, because I, once again, it, it goes back to you know assets. I mean, and, and now if the Nets were if the Nets were potentially drafting number one tonight, then I, I'd be like, yeah, then something could happen, yeah, you know. Yeah. But 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 then as we know, they're not. So you know, no. I mean, and, and nothing. I don't think anything crazy is going to happen. And, and, on, and on top of that, I just don't think teams and friends, you know, have had a chance to really. You know, do work like that, Chad. I mean, you know, this is 
this calendar is just so off. And it's so condensed. Yeah, because this draft yeah. was supposed to take place in what, July? Back in June or July. <laughs> yeah, Ju- yeah, June, yeah, June. June or July. Yeah, July. Yeah, yeah after, the dra- after the finals. Yeah. And so, yeah, everything's condensed. And they were five weeks away from camp. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. And again, I'll tell you what, the NBA is doing a great job of being a year round league where you really have to pay attention day in, day out to what happens in the offseason. We saw that the last couple of years. Years where they still headlines even from the NFL in the offseason, and that's a major, major thing. And uh, it says uh, a lot about the popularity, the growing popularity of the NBA. Uh, final question before we get out of here the Cleveland Browns, they come up with the win. Nick Chubb runs out of bounds. The Browns don't cover, but they get the victory. What do you think about <laughs> that? What do you think about uh, just the NFL in general, D-Hop and what he did? And what were your general takeaways well, from Week well, 10? Well, 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 what I, I would say is I, I, I thought Sunday, I mean, Sunday had to be a, a horrible day to be a Texans fan in my mind. I mean, you know, to have to witness that, that horrific showing on the football field uh, you know, earlier in the day, and then to see at the end of the evening a player that, that y'all just gave away, right? You know, go up, you know, and make what was probably one of the most incredible catches I've I've, I've ever seen against three men, and I don't even think that I think he called it a hail mary pass, man. No, they, he threw that ball. He threw. He was throwing that ball to hop. Oh yeah, yeah, he yeah, knew, yeah. yeah. yeah I called it a hail. That, that, that was that was just that was just a guy that went up and got it. You know, but um, you yeah. Now I will say this: I think it's overstated how great that kid. Like that's not a better kid than David Tyree or or Julian Edelman in the Super Bowl. It's not a better kid than either one of those. I I, I, I get it. No, man, I I I, I disagree. I mean, I'm telling you, in that situation, for what that pass meant, and and like I said, it wasn't a hell man. There was no luck about that. That was they, they had practiced that. Well, I will say this. I give, I give. Uh, the more you see that video, the more I give credit to Kyler Murray for just getting that off the way he Get did. That off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean so that was an amazing. I mean, it was an amazing play. But again, I think you know we've seen guys. W- w- there was a tight end a couple years ago in Aaron Rodgers, and see, this is how the NFL controls the narratives. It, it's it's so crazy. So when Aaron Rodgers threw to the end zone, and the Rodgers kid, the tight end, comes up with it to win the game, or or when it happens in Seattle, is more about the quarterback. But this one is a, it's a more about uh, DeAndre Hopkins, which again was an amazing, amazing. It's clearly the play of the year. When I, you know, when you start talking about all time, nah, man, it's too many great catches. Man, three, three guys, three guys. Are, I mean, everybody up, and this man, this man in the middle of it all, and he comes up with the ball in the end zone for the game. Yeah, that was an amazing play, man. And like I said, yeah. it makes Bill O'Brien, you know, his stock keeps dropping. I mean, <laughs> you know what I said? You know what I said? You know what I said? I honestly said this. I said, you know something? If he had been, I wish he had been the head coach this past week still of the Texans. Because after that game, I mean, I, I after that play, I would have fired him. <laughs> That's what I would have fired. He should have been fired. Dude, you fired him too, too prematurely. <laughs> Bill O'Brien will never. I don't think he'll ever be a head coach in the NFL again. I don't think so I think, either. I think that you know Michigan's gonna have an opening. Uh, he he might fit there. Uh, you know, uh, I don't they know might about go, that either. Yeah, they might go off the map. I mean, they, they normally pick a Michigan guy, but um, but you know, but but I do. I see him going back to co- coaching college or somewhere, and, and 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 that's where he should be, where he can make 
you know, those kind of dumb decisions like he made. And, and you know, and, and clearly he wants to be the guy that can pick his players and, and, and coach them too. And that's where you do that. You do that in the NFL. I mean, in, the, in college football, you don't really do that in the NFL. Yeah, and you can run rough shot over the kids and talk to people any kind of mm-hmm. way. Yeah, all of those things. Yeah, but, he's, he's, but he's you a talk, college coach. Yeah, you talk about a guy whose stock just – and you hear him on national. They're saying this, he's the dumbest guy in the history of football. <laughs> you know, They are really giving him the blues. And I'm glad. I'm here for all of that because, again, this guy, if you just look at all of the things – Things he did, he systematically ruined this franchise, and it's going to be you're going to ruin a lot of good years that Deshaun Watson has oh. in this league. You could ruin his prime if they're not. I mean, I do think that there are ways that they can turn this around uh, sooner rather than later, but it's 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 going to be a tall task uh, in moving forward. You know, for what the Texans, would, just think about this. Wrap your mind around this. What if he had kept Dwayne at left tackle? But you know that was I was I won't put that on him. I'll put that on that was a Bob McNair move because you remember it was you know that basically Dwayne Brown called him racist, and after that, you know, all bets were off. He he got shipped out of here. So I I won't put that move on Bill O'Brien. That was a Bob McNair move. You know, so okay, yeah, that's that's how uh, that one went. But it's, the subsequent moves have just have been horrible, and it's just it's been yeah. horrible, man. It's really I mean, been but, bad. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, the, the Laramie, I mean, you know, the Laramie Tunsil thing, you know, is, is going to hurt them forever. I just thought that that was a, you know, that was probably one of the worst moves I've I've seen, and that move may honestly be worse than Hop. Well, in the long term, and I, I think you're right. Yeah. Because if you think about it, yeah. think about it, you. You're getting production, and and I think Sunday was a tough game because you had the 30 mile an hour winds. It was raining early in that game, and you know the field goal kicker missed. It, they, it wasn't a lot of passing going on down the field anyway in that game. But by and large, the receiving core for the Texans yeah. have been been pretty good this year when you talk about Fuller. It's, it's, and- they're, 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 they've been pretty good, but the problem is, and this is what you notice, I mean, if you, when you're watching the games, it's how teams play you now. I mean, you know, you, I mean, with, with Hop, you had a, you had a certified deep threat and, and, and a threat all over that field that, the, that the defense had to account for, which made them play looser, you know, on the back end. Cause they had to, so that, that safety played off a whole lot more. Well, because see, they, 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 see, they, they, they were willing, they were willing to live with the run, which opened up things, and that's what I said before the season. I mean, I mean, I had an argument with with somebody in a, a, a columnist in this city about this, and I said Deshaun Watson will not be the same Deshaun Watson without Hop. And, well, and, and I what think, I meant, and what I meant by that, I was talking about the runs. I said those 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 running lanes won't be as open because they are going to play more people up close closer into the box. To, start, to shut all of that down. And they're not that afraid of these receivers. I mean, Will Fuller or any of those guys, they're not really – they're good receivers, but they're not game breakers. Well, see, I, I I read that a little bit differently because I think that the other part of the, the D. Hopkins trade is what's really killing them as well. The, when you talk about David Johnson, they are getting – they're one of the worst teams in the NFL running the football. They cannot run the football. And so, it, you know, now David Johnson was out this past week in concussion protocol. So, again, more durability issues with him, which was has been the, the, the case with him for the last few years. They cannot run the football. And, and of course, they can't defend the run. So, it's like they are having but, problems. But Johnson – but did you say that? But Duke Johnson had a pretty good year last year. Duke Johnson's still here. And he ain't doing nothing. Well, Carlos Hyde was the guy last year. I mean, that really. I mean, Carlos re- Hyde was the guy, but Duke Johnson was a big part of, of of that offense as well. I mean, 
But they're not running the ball well at all. And, yeah, they're and, not. I mean, and it's harder to run the ball when you got more people in the box. What, I mean, you know, yeah, and that's yeah, what but, they're seeing. That's why the sign ain't getting his runs either, man. I mean, you know, it's you know, and it all comes down to when you have a receiver as dynamic as as Hopkins. So let me you ask you to, this: This is the bottom line. If Hopkins was here right now, what would their record be? Uh, it it might be closer to seven and two than two and oh, seven. Oh no no no! Come on man, <laughs> no. They had him last year. I mean no. Nah. I mean he he's I'm a different. I, <laughs> I didn't say I didn't say it would be seven and two. I'm saying it would be closer <laughs> to that. I think they would have been a better team, and I think they would have had a lot more confidence. I mean you just don't know how this kind of you know this kind of move just breaks down things. I mean, you know, and, and and perhaps also one of the biggest mistakes to it, and I mean, I, I love seeing a brother have a job, and but, you know, I, I don't know. I probably would have liked to have seen them go out and try to, you know, go bring in a, a veteran D.C. To, to really help this group out. I mean, you know, I think having a, a rookie head, a rookie D.C. Uh, in this situation ain't necessarily what you want for a team that's trying to win now. Yeah, well, they, you know, they, I mean, yeah, just, they're having a, a ton of a ton of issues over yeah. there on Kirby. What are you writing about these days? In tomorrow's Defender, uh, we'll be dealing with the the you know the, just the the mix the mixed tones of this potential James Harden and West Russell Westbrook uh, movement and how it just doesn't. I mean, when you listen to what's going on nationally, and then you listen to what's being said. You know, by the decision makers with the with the Rockets, it just does not jive with what you know what we're hearing nationally. I mean, and I think that what it is is these guys know we have the we have these two guys under contract. We are in control, and, and I'm gonna tell you this: Harden may be kicking himself because he just you know he you know he may have turned down millions to stay in the same position he's in. <laughs> yeah. And that just don't make good sense to me. I'm sorry. I would have taken the 50-something oh, mil yeah. and yeah. been like, Tax, hey, we about, yeah. I, no, I, I, we about to make this work. Yeah. <laughs> just, just give me any four guys you want to give me to roll out there with. We about to win games. Yeah, you know what? The last one to do that, that took his money, was Carmelo. Carmelo said, look, I stay in New York for all this money, y'all. I'm not giving y'all. And this is my whole thing about that part, too, with Harden. Any businessman, you are in a, t- a state where you don't have a state income tax, and you get fifty million. And you say, "Well, oh, he's still gonna make eighty six uh, there." I, I mean, look, what million, what super mega rich person is this gonna give up fourteen million here, twelve million here? Who's gonna do that? You get all the money you can get, and this is not a bad. I mean, I can see if you're just miserable. This is your city. You've been here long enough. You love H Town. You love you move around. You may not love the team, but you love the city and the situation. You situations change, but your living arrangement is pretty good here in the state of Texas and in the city of Houston. To me, man, you just don't see really rich, you know, mega millionaires just giving away fourteen, fifteen million dollars here or there. I just it's think gonna, that that's it, a bad it, decision. It, it'll come a time in his life. It ain't today and it ain't gonna be tomorrow. But it might be somewhere down the line. He gonna he gonna miss that 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 probably twenty four million or whatever he he, he left on the table. If, <laughs> yeah. if if this is true, once again, you know we, this is all conjecture. I mean, you know it, it hasn't. You know, no nobody's confirmed any of this stuff. Uh, you know, and, and I have I know I haven't been able to confirm anything. And I've been I've been calling, talking to my people, 
trying to figure out, you know, what's, you know, what's really going on. And I think, you know, it's kind of like, uh, I mean, you got a lot of people who are just kind of like, they don't really know. Well, yeah, and that's another angle about the COVID thing. And and that'll be an interesting article one day. I'm sure that if you get a chance to write that one, how different it is covering sports. Because normally if you were around some guys, if you were in a locker room or if you were in a setting where you could be, you know, have conversations on Mm -hmm. and off the record, you probably could find out a whole lot more about this situation. Uh, You know, it's quite a challenging time for reporters to really get to the bottom of a lot of things. And that's why the national guys seem to be breaking all the stories. You know, they they call them up and and they have these conversations, but those are strategic conversations on both sides too, you know. And and the local guys, I think, struggle a lot more when you don't have that that access, that direct access to people in the organization. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And I mean, you have, you have guys, organizations, you got players, you got agents who are always trying to float things to those guys. Cause they, they want to see they, they want to see how, you know, how it plays in, in the, in, in, in the eyes of the public perception. So it's just, it's a game. It's what? a game. And like I said, I mean, I, I, I firmly believe that when we start the season next month, I'm not saying, you know, I wouldn't guarantee it, but I certainly would not be surprised to see Harden and, and Westbrook still in the, in the Rockets uniform. How can folks reach you on social media? Now check me out at Terrence Harris uh, on, on Twitter. I'm there. Come come check me out. Say what's up. Um, and, I, and I'll say what's up back to you. Hey, man, we certainly appreciate visiting with you like always. All right, my brother. Same here. Good deal. Want to thank our guy Terrence Harris as always. He usually joins us on Thursdays. We got him on a little bit early this week, and we certainly appreciate the time. Well, with that, we're going to mix it up just a little bit. And uh, it's still the same thing, but with a little bit of a variation. It's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preserver and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the player, team, entity, someone in or around the world of sports that we deem to be the big dummy of the episode. And to do this segment with me and hang out for just a minute, is my brother, you know him, the man you all know and love, Biscuit is back on the podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Do you know what's coming up? Do you really know? I'm excited to tell you. I don't know if you realize this or not. I don't have any idea. Episode 200 is coming up. This is episode oh. 199. So, episode 200. Can you believe that? I mean, think I it's been a long, long time. It's a, It's been evolving the whole time. So, do you miss coming on? Uh, sure. Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if you missed, I guess that was a stupid question because if you missed it, you'd be on more, but I brought you on because it gives us an opportunity to catch up and get you to be a part of it because I get these, this question all the time. Where's biscuit? How's biscuit doing? When is biscuit going to be back on the podcast? I get this all the time. So I thought, okay, well, Hey, I can bring you on for this one. Now, when you think about Lamont, have you thought of any Lamonts over the past few months that have resonated for you? Yeah, um, the uh, Lou Williams, of course. You know, when Lou Williams... Lemon Pepper Lou! <laughs> yeah, when Lou Williams left the bubble and, you know, went to uh, a nightclub filled with ladies just roving. <laughs> um, 
I would have liked to have been a part of that conversation. But <laughs> yeah. uh, that's the one that comes to mind more so than anybody else. Well, I have given out a couple of them. I have been on the Florida head coach for a while for, for just stupid stuff that he wanted to do behind COVID. And I gave it to the, the kids, the students at Notre Dame that stormed the field. This time I, I have won a guy who has been a frequent recipient of the Lamont Award over the past couple of years probably now. I'm talking about Antonio Brown. Now, let me tell you what Antonio Brown did. Antonio Brown was accused last month by the community in which he lives of destroying a security camera and throwing a bicycle at a security guard on October the 15th, the Miami Herald reported Monday, citing a police report. It goes on to say the Hollywood, Florida police decided that they had probable cause to charge Brown with criminal mischief, a misdemeanor. But the president of the Hollywood Oaks Homeowners Association declined to press charges. The Herald reported, according to the report, the president, Sylvia Berman, told police that she feared that Brown may retaliate against her employees. So this all of this happened before he got into the league and and i'm sure people do things somehow to provoke him or maybe or they look at him a certain way or they have they hold him maybe suspicious of his behavior maybe that's a trigger for him but to me you know what antonio brown reminds me of he reminds me of that dude that says man if it was me (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or, 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 or when keeping it real goes wrong. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? The yeah. old days, I mean, I think he just needs to get his medicine right. I mean, just honestly. You know what I mean? I've said that, and he does. <laughs> I th- and, you know, you know, working out and stuff like that, it helps to keep your mind right. You know, so he's not working out, doesn't have his normal regimen, he doesn't have his, his structure, and so he's losing his mind, literally and figuratively. Well, now that he's with Tampa Bay, he's getting in and living with Tom Brady. He ought to be, you know, and, and actually he's playing pretty good, but he almost didn't get this opportunity. So the article goes on to say that Atlanta Burston, A spokesperson for Brown told the newspaper that any issues between the Homeowners Association and Brown, quote, have been fully and amicably resolved and everyone is getting along just fine, end quote. She added, quote, I am not sure who's trying to promote this narrative, end quote. In a second statement she sent to Harold, Burston said, uh, Antonio regrets that he lost his cool that day and he's made amends with the Homeowners Association. So he almost lost this opportunity that he has now, which he's hanging on by a string. I don't know right. how much longer he can go, but to me, if you do all of that, it only means that you are a big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, let's not be too hard on on Antonio Brown. I mean, because you've had to deal with a homeowners association. You you've come pretty close to to destroying some property too. So, I mean, well, we I won't say that, but I have said uh, they better not. <laughs> and if this continues, this is going to go on. I didn't threaten anybody, but I you know, in our private conversations, I may have vented a little bit. <laughs> well, I'm just saying you understand how frustrated, you know, homeowners associations can be. So, I mean, you know, it happens. It's not even the HOA here. I, I won't even say my HOA. I'll say it's my neighbor. That's a whole different issue. And it just seems like <laughs> she needs to take 
her medication, especially when it comes to my trees. But none of just trim your trees. Yeah, you know so th that's been going on for a long time. It's quiet now. I don't. I mean, I hope you haven't stoked up those fires again. I hope you hadn't conjured it up and jinxing me, man. <laughs> so maybe from time to time, I want I want you to try to join me for a few minutes in, when we do the Lamont Award. Sounds good. Glad you guys had a chance to hear from Biscuit, and he's doing a bunch of stuff. We didn't get into a lot of things that are going on in his life, but we will. But I'm glad to have him on so you guys can hear from him. If you have any feedback on Biscuit, just uh, hit us up at 832-941-6614 or just, you know, on the Facebook page anywhere. Just give us some feedback so I can pass it along since he's not on social media. But with that, before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, hey, want to thank Biscuit. Want to thank our guy, King T. Terrence Harris. Want to thank our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. Want to thank our guy, Cobank Holmes, Kofi Bankers and Cobank Holmes. Want to thank you guys for tuning in. And 199 shows are just about in the books. Next time out, 832-941-6614. Tell me what your thoughts are on episode 200 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. It's been an absolute blast. We're going to keep this thing going. Uh, coming up next time out, we are going to have a Why We Kneel segment with Kalina, and we'll tell you who's going to have a good day over the weekend, and we'll have a ton of fun stuff, including We the People, so give us a call so we can hear from you. All of those things, but I really, 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 really want you to remember that these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after six o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening. <laughs>